To be a drug addict, you need a couple of things. Drugs and a drug dealer. I turn around to explain to these guys that there's been a, you know, it's not actually a laneway, it's a, it's a, it's a dead end, a very threatening dead end. And um, instead of being two guys, there's now about eight guys. Australian comedian Greg Fleet has written and spoken openly about his heroin addiction. In this story, he explains how several threads of his private life and public life came together in a blind alley in Glasgow. I uh, have been... Uh, I've done acting and, uh, and comedy and writing and stuff like that. Um, uh, at one stage, and what I laughingly referred to as my career, I was in uh, Neighbours. I was in the show Neighbours. I, um, I killed someone in Neighbours. I... Uh, <laughs> Killed one of the main characters. I killed somebody called Daphne, and uh, she was the uh, the stripper with the heart of gold. They called her, which kind of implies that most strippers have hearts of evil, which, um, in my experience, is not the case. But uh, um, I killed her uh, anyway. Um, but I also, uh, for a very long time, uh, longer longer than any of my relationships, longer than education, longer than uh, than I. I've been a comedian or even an actor. Um, I had, uh, I had, for a very long time, I had a uh, drug hobby, um, a, um, a heroin heroin hobby. Um, I, I actually, I don't like the term junkie. I think it's it's degrading. I prefer heroin enthusiast, uh, but that's probably because I was a junkie. Um, but um, so. Uh, at one point, uh, well, a number of points, but this was the first time I went to rehab. And uh, when I came out, a couple of weeks later, I don't know how they found out, but this newspaper in Melbourne rang me and said, look, um, you know, because you, you've been in neighbours and stuff, we understand you've just been in drug rehab. And I was like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. And they said, look, do you mind talking to us about it? And I said, um, do, you, do you like um, banging nine-inch roofing nails through into your own kneecaps? And the guy said, the guy said no, I don't, I don't enjoy that. And I said, ipso facto, same, same reaction uh, from me. And um, he said, no, 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 it'll be really good. It'll be a small thing. It'll be on page eight. It'll be really helpful to people. It'll be, you know, it'll be really good. And, uh, and then I just thought, oh, maybe it will be really helpful, you know, and maybe, you know, if it's only going to be a little thing on page eight, how bad could it be, you know? Uh, very fucking bad, as it turns out. Um, so I, um, I talked to them and, you know, and that, was, that was that, right? A couple of days later, I was walking down the street uh, and I walked past a newsagent. And you know those cages they keep the headlines in, you know, out the front of the newsagent? Those cages, because you know how capital letters can kill. Um, I walked past and I go, I know that guy. And there's a fucking massive, big, ugly picture of my head with the headline, Neighbours Star Tells My Heroin Ordeal. And I was like, oh, fuck me. Like, this is fucking horrendous, right? Now, flashback. Um, maybe a year before that, uh, I'd done this show, uh, and all this is covered in, in the book, in, uh, in the book um, These Things Happen, which is available August 25th. Uh, um, but I'd done this show about how I used to be a drug addict, right? And uh, it was called Ten Years in a Long Sleeve Shirt. And I'd, I'd done it around uh, Australia. It was on the ABC on a, on a, on a show there. Um, and the problem was I still was a drug addict. So I was doing this show about how I used to be a drug addict while I was still a drug addict. And then people said, do you want to come and do it overseas? It won awards. And they said, do you want to come and do it in Edinburgh? And I was like, no, I don't want to do it in Edinburgh because I still had a drug habit. And I thought, I can't do the show about how I used to be a drug habit, a drug addict you know, in a, in a city where I don't know where to get drugs because then it won't work. And then I went, oh, hang on, fuck, I'd just seen train spotting, right? <laughs> And I went, oh, Edinburgh's like a heroin supermarket. This will be fine. 
So I went, yes, I do in fact want to do the show. So I go off to Edinburgh to do the show. And then it turns out that the people in Edinburgh had also seen train spotting and uh, they'd got rid of all the heroin in Edinburgh. They'd actually, it's actually, which proves that it is possible to do this if, if you know, governments are committed to it. They'd got rid of it all. So I'm freaking out and uh, I, I met these uh, drug-taking people and they said to me, no, you've got to go to Glasgow and go to this housing estate and they showed me how to get there and da 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 So every day I would get on a train, go an hour to Glasgow, go to this housing commission, score, and then go back, you know, to, to Edinburgh and then that night do the show. And uh, <clears throat> about how I used to be a drug addict. So <laughs> I... Um, but then one day, after having done this for you know a number of days in a row, I, uh, I turn up at the housing estate and there's you know it was the most depressing fucking place I've ever seen in my life. I've actually been in a war zone, right? And this place was more terrifying than that. And I'm serious, it really was. It was the most degraded, depressing, bleak, gravel everywhere, just burnt out and shuttered down buildings. You know everything had steel shutters on it. Uh, everything was smashed up and graffitied, and uh, there was nothing grew there. There were no plants. If it had been a plant, someone would have gone up to it and gone, I'll smack your fucking head in, green man. So it was just this bleak, depressing, like third generation alcoholism, third generation drug addiction, third generation domestic violence, this, this, the British class system in all its glory, this forgotten, put down people who, who have, you know, there is no reason to stop. You know, you say, hey, you, should, you shouldn't take drugs, you know. They go, you know, well, then how will I stop the pain of my fucking existence, right, in this horrible, horrible scenario, right? And, uh, uh, and having said that and, and been concerned for the welfare and the, all these kids walking around selling drugs with, you know, like they're all hacked up, razor hacked, they did these weird homemade weapons they make and they'd hack each other up. And uh, having said that and explained my concern for these people, I would go there each day and sample their wares. Um, and one day... I turn up and these two, I see these two young guys and they go, they go, all right, you head down that laneway and we'll come and sort you out. So I get down this laneway and I'm halfway down the laneway and I realise it's a dead end. And I think, oh, there's been a mistake. Someone's GPS is playing up, you know, and I, I turn around to explain to these guys that there's been a, you know, it's not actually a laneway, it's a, it's a, it's a dead end, a very threatening dead end. And um, instead of being two guys, there's now about eight guys. And they're coming toward me and they take out these things. They made these fucking weapons out of uh, basically razor blades and anything that will hold them, like toothbrushes, anything like that. And what this is, how, how, how fucking obscene is this? And what they do is instead of just having like a, say, a toothbrush like that with a razor blade melted into it so you can just hack someone, they'd put two, they'd get a credit card or, a, you know, like a bank card, um, stick a razor blade to one side, a razor blade to the other side, and then embed that into some sort of handle. So basically there'd be two razor blades about that far apart. The idea being when they'd hack you with it, um, instead of just one hack mark, there'd be two really close together, too close together for someone to stitch up like that. So the, the doctor would have to take out the middle bit of skin and then stitch it up, thus leaving a worse scar. Someone's got too much time on their hands. So... They come at me with these things and I am fucking terrified, right? I'm not brave, I'm not tough. And uh, they're, they're, and my drug taking have been very middle class up to this point, right? So they come up to me with these things and the main guy, his name was Brownie. Brownie, it turns out Brownie was the, like the leader. He comes up and he's, he's standing at the front and I'm going, oh, it's okay, you can take the money, you can take the money. He's going, I know we can take the fucking money, we will. And then we're going to cut you the fuck up. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, oh, my God. And, you know, you can, part of my brain's going, I understand 
your anger and your, you know, your, your disappointment in life and in, in people like me. Uh, but don't hurt me. You know, I'm not in charge. And, uh, and, you know, and also, you know, I'm thinking, I'm not the money maker. You know, and, uh, um, you know, and I'm imagining what it's going to be like when they do it, when they cut. And I'm imagining this cut down here. And I'm wondering if I could be able to stick my tongue out the hole and whether it'll be cold and all this stuff's going through my head. And, and he's really enjoying it. He's kind of doing that, that like, no, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it now. And I'm freaking out. And... Um, and absolutely true, right? He goes to do it and I can tell, this is it, he's about to do it. And then he goes, he stops and he goes, here. And these guys knew that I was doing a show in Edinburgh, right? They'd known that over the last few days. The kind of word I got around, I was an Australian guy who was coming there and scoring. I was doing a show in Edinburgh. And he goes to do it and he goes, hey, are you from Nebbers? <laughs> right? Now... I didn't know what to do because if somebody asked me that question or if I asked somebody that question and they said yes, I might stab them twice, you know. Because <laughs> I think if you're going to be in a show that shit, you should at least take out one of the main characters, you know, like for the people. So I finally just went, yes, yes, I was, I was in Naples. He goes, were you? And I went, yes, I was, yes. And he goes, were you? And I went, yes. And he goes, Teddy, was he in Nebus? And this other guy comes over from the gang, right? This kind of more scholastic-looking gang member who's like... He's like the, uh, the neighbours expert in the gang, right? <laughs> you know how in war movies there's like... There's always, you know, there's always like... There's the knife-throwing guy and there's the guy who's good with languages and there's the explosives expert and there's the neighbours expert. It was, it was like that, right? So... Terry comes over and Terry starts grilling me about neighbours. Now, I knew fuck all about neighbours. I, I didn't even know anything about the bits I was in, right? I actually saw them recently and I, I consider myself to be a reasonably, reasonably good actor. My fucking God, the acting I did in Neighbours was so bad. It, it, way beyond blaming it on the scripts or the storylines or anything. I fucking, I fitted right into that system, you know. I was, fuck, I met their filth with my own filth. But, um... <laughs> So he's grilling me about neighbours and I'm just, you know, hoping it's multiple choice and, you know, every, just saying bouncer a lot and stuff like that. And uh, finally, Terry goes, hey, he fucking was and all. And Brownie comes back and he goes, you're the neighbours. And I went, yeah, and he goes, all right, fucking neighbours, eh? Oh, fucking neighbours. Fucking, fucking, fucking neighbours. With some fucking understanding. And he's grabbing me, he's hugging me, and it's gone from we're going to cut you up to like, he goes, get this man some heroin. You know, and it's like, and, and they brought me this incredibly large, incredibly fucking strong bag of heroin. And thank fuck it worked out that way because it could have been so dangerous. <laughs> but, um, so, flash forward again to me standing out the front of this news agent and I'm looking at this picture and this, this thing, Neighbours Star Tells My Heroin Ordeal. And seriously, for the first time in my life, and this, this story is in the book as well, for the first time in my life I thought, and I was serious about this, I thought, this is, this is where I've ended up. Like this is, you know, I had all this 
potential and all these, you know, I've had all these opportunities. I did, you know, I, I got into NIDA, I went to NIDA, I got thrown out of NIDA for taking heroin. You know, I had all these chances and, and heroin had fucked them all up, you know, and uh, I'm standing at the front of this thing looking at this neighbour star tells my heroin ordeal and uh, and I thought, this is, this is it, this is me, you know, this is, uh, I can't believe, I can't believe what I've done. No, but I did, I, I really did. I, I thought, uh, you know, I, I can't believe... I can't believe this is this is where I've ended up. I can't believe it. You know, I, I've had all this opportunity, and this is this is me. You know, and I stood there and I thought, I can't believe it. I have actually been on Neighbours. Greg Fleet's memoir is called These Things Happened, and you should definitely buy it or steal it. Next week on Barefaced, we all do things behind closed doors when no one's watching. And the next weekend, when the kids are gone, I ready myself. I have a shower, I have a wine, I have another wine. I put some music on and then I have another wine and I go to the box and I open it. Home alone. If no one's watching, no one's judging. Bareface stories are told live on a tiny stage. In a huge state. In a massive country. Where no one can hear you scream. Or laugh. Or cry. Bareface live shows are put together by Kerry O'Sullivan and Andrea Gibbs. Our music is by Odette Mercy and the Soul Atomics. Our producer is Amber Cunningham.